Hello and welcome to a new episode of Never Seen, the podcast where we watch the films missing from our filmographies, those glaring gaps in our film education, the classic or immortal movies people are shocked you've never seen. My name is Jenny, I am your host, and I am joined by my delightful buddies, the lovely Stacey. Bonjour. And the ever handsome Lee. Hello. Now, this month was Stacey's choice, which Lee and I were both excited for and looking forward to. So, Stacey, tell us, what was this month's choice? Yes, this month we're doing a rare Stace picks a film she hasn't seen. Um, Because usually I try to err on the side of caution and pick a movie I've seen and therefore think you might like. (laughs) But this time I thought, you know what, I I feel like I need to see this. Uh, So this month we're going to be watching uh, 1987's Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Um, (laughs) Someone's excited. Uh, (laughs) Written and directed by John Hughes and starring Steve Martin and John Candy. Uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles tells the story of a man trying to get home for Thanksgiving and having a bit of a mare. (laughs) That's the the briefest way I can put it, I think. And um, those are all the credits that I wrote down because I am ill prepared. Sorry. I think well, I mean, those, those are the only two you need, really. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of guest appearances and small roles and stuff like that. Oh, that yeah. I'm sure we'll go into. And but, a, a lot of but people, it's it's a it's a two hander, basically. It's a, it's a two hander. And some of those guest cameos are people that if you watch a lot of John Hughes movies, you will recognise. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what my notes are full of. Oh, it's him from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think one of my notes was, is that Mr. Heckles from Friends? Yeah, so for this film, this is one of those weird films that I'm very, very aware of. Um, and I cannot tell you for why I haven't seen it. Um, Good, because that was going to be my first question. <laughs> was, how well, the hell have you not seen it? How have I not this? seen it? Well, what's... Uh, my I've discussed this many times on this show my family was difficult film wise growing up in a house full of people and trying to cater to like you know 11 people's movie needs at once um, so there was not a lot of variety in the uh, Casa de Frost um, so we di- I'll be honest we didn't watch a lot of sort of what a lot of people would consider to be like you know the big um, sort of comedy movies like I'd never seen a Pee Wee Herman film until uh, very recently uh, when he sadly passed away and that's yeah, when I discovered yeah. that that character annoys the ever-loving shit out of me. What a bad day to discover that, Stace. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, so I haven't seen like uh, any of the National Lampoons. I've not seen so many of the John Hughes movies. Oh my God. Oh yeah, I'm flashing back to a conversation we had. <laughs> Where, oh and I ended up sending you a list of something like 30 odd comedies and yeah, you go yeah. I said about three of those yeah yeah so comedy was one of the ones I think I think I've said before that we really we just sort of catered to my granddad's taste in movies mm. which was a uh, big burly action man yeah. you know your Stallones your Schwarzeneggers yeah uh uh I don't know Jean-Claude Van Damme's occasionally although he wasn't quite exciting enough for my granddad but anyway mm. um interesting, interesting yeah so so we didn't we didn't do a lot of uh, a lot of like comedy and stuff and know, then go sorry on. i feel like what what we should do is get that list that lee did for you <laughs> and we should like put it into one of those online sort of roulette type things you know and, and let it spin yeah. and choose the, the film for you for, for like one episode just let it <laughs> 
choose one of those comedies for us to watch. And although I mean, we'd have to, we might have to vet some. <laughs> I, I think it'd have to be kind of like a, a binge episode where we watch like about five yeah. and just go, and go just through discuss five. all of them. We should, yeah, yeah, and just, just yeah. hit hit the points on them and try and tick the boxes. You know, you have the National Lampoon. Yeah. I don't know the 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 Abrams brothers or something, the Zucker Zucker Abrams and stuff like that. And well, having since moving in with Rich uh, in like 2011 or whenever it was, 2010, um, I have now actually seen I think the Lampoon Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, and and I've also seen a couple of other like comedies that Rich likes, which is why I am genuinely surprised when I told him that this was the next film we were going to watch. He his whole face just twisted with rage how have you not fucking seen planes trains and auto we've lived here together for 13 years and you've never seen oh my god he was livid um and then when i suggested that i was going to watch it on a day that he was working and i was off he was like uh fucking no uh it was (laughs) quite quite mad about it actually so uh, i discovered this is one of richie's favorite movies (laughs) so how long have you two been married so uh so have you met your husband We've been living together for 13 years, married for 12. We've been together for 18 now, I think it is. Uh-huh. 18, uh-huh. 18 years in September, it was. Yeah, it's um, true what they say. You learn new things about your partner all the time. Well, I just I just don't know how this one has slipped through the cracks because I don't understand how he hasn't just watched it around. Like, I've seen Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 about 53 times each because of him. Now, mm-hmm. I like Wayne's World anyway. Wayne's World 2, I can sort of give or take. We um, all can, yeah. <laughs> but like so he's the kind of person who especially when and this happens to me a lot I'll get into a mood where I'm like I want to put something on but I don't want to have to pay like a lot of attention to it mm-hmm. so I'll slap on like a comfort comedy or a movie I've seen a billion times to- like a like a 1990 turtles movie or yeah. Step Brothers because I know it's stupid and it's funny and yeah. that'll do mm-hmm. so I am truly baffled that this one has never come up and the only thing I knew about this film was that Steve Martin and John Candy were in it. Uh, and I have seen a sum total of about a minute of them in a car, yeah. uh, just, just sort of bantering in a car. And that's all I'd ever seen of this film, which was like, how have you gotten through almost 38 years of life? This is truly baffling to me. Um, so now I can tick that off the list. I, get, I mean, you can. I have a f- I have a feeling it might have been on the list that you know the rich list of uh yeah. films to see before yeah before yeah. I was 30 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still, I'm still working on it I'm still chipping away it's fine I'm, That's I'm fine. definitely still 29 <laughs> obviously you are and obviously yeah. and, and also that list is really helping out the podcast it is yeah doing it, it is. doing us real good stuff although, although we both looked at it recently and he was like just pretend Danny Hall's not on there anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just slowly cross that one off. Just, just say it. We didn't see. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I, I've, I've had my phase. Uh, yeah. And gotten yeah. gone through those, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's where I'm at with this movie. So I'm assuming, considering uh, your responses to me uh, talking about this film, <laughs> that you have both seen it and like it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I. Well. Now my problem is I can't remember when I first watched it. I have a feeling. I got a feeling like that my because um, my brother, I think my it's one of my brother's favourites um, as well. 
um, years ago. I don't know so much about now. He probably still does, but from years ago it was. Because um, he's a real big you know, film buff, film fan himself. Um, it's one of those things that we have in common that we talk about a lot, you know. Um, so I've got a feeling that maybe he had a copy of it and I just watched it then or I saw it on telly. But it's like it's one of those films that I just I guess I grew up with it in a way, but it's just always been there and I've always known it. and I've just seen it and know it. Yeah. And, but I only I only recently bought it probably in the last few years on DVD. It's one of those films that I remember. I remember it being really funny and I love C. Martin and I love John Candy and I miss that he's yeah. not still in this world anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I've, got a, I've got a note that just says, God, I miss John Candy. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, and it I mean, because he he died late late nineties, was it? I, I think so. Did I write it down? Um, it, which just seems a ridiculously yeah. long time ago. It does, yeah. And it's yeah such, that he died before the millennium. Is yeah, just yeah, and it's absurd. such a such a sad loss. But I, yeah, trying to pinpoint when I first watched this, I just can't remember. It's just it feels like it's yeah. just always been there, and I've always enjoyed it, and I know. In recent years, um, like from getting to know Lee and our friendship growing over the years, and we would talk about films and the films. Because, uh, Stace, are you like this where, aside from like big holidays like Christmas and Halloween sort of thing, do you have sort of films that you watch at certain times of the year that, as like for me, you've got male screams autumn to me and, you know, there are certain summer films I watch and and things like that. Um, I don't know. No, not not really. really. No, we tend to watch something a bit lovey-dovey around Valentine's, and then we always go scary in October. Absolutely, (laughs) and Christmassy at December and all that. And um, I think Lee, you and I, I think we've had sort of little text chats and stuff about this sort of thing of what we watch. Yeah. In certain. I mean, I've got, got, yeah, I've got certain films like I'll always watch The Longest Day uh on the on the anniversary of d-day and stuff like that you know yeah and yeah. this is part of my this opens my christmas season basically um, good timing for us yeah well i mean was it, is it was it mark kermode who called it a christmas movie in which the role of christmas is played by thanksgiving no, that, that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. that's spot accurate. on really that's isn't it on. yeah yeah. Um, maybe maybe the attitude is different. Maybe there's a, there's a thing for Thanksgiving movies in America or something like that. There's a there's a clear delineation yeah. between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But to me, it's sure. it's a it's a Christmas movie. It's yeah. just you know the prologue kind of thing. It's the, it's the build up. Yeah. So when did you first? But think I you I saw, saw it, it when it came out of the cinema. I remember, um, and I remember being excited for it. I was anticipating it. I remember seeing. Because I was big into John Hughes at the time. I would have been in 87 when this, well, it came out in 88, early 88 in the UK. Yeah. Um, so I would have been 17. I was already aped over Weird Science. Uh, I mean, Weird Science was a massive, massive movie for me. Yeah, I, I loved that when I was a kid. But can I just say, cautionary tale, don't watch it now in the year of 2023. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's I mean, a I bad think... fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I saw it quite recently ago. Yeah, me I'm too. Still, I'm a I tell still you. love it, but Ew. it's kind of like, yeah, Ew boy. It's, it's, it's a hard one to watch now. It, mm. It's different. As a teenager, you can relate to it more. Yeah. And yeah. whereas as an adult, you know, you go, 
she's a grown woman in their teenagers. Mm. It's very racy. <laughs> even, even though she's fictional, it's very weird. Yeah. And I still think it yeah. does kind of walk the line. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, considering John Hughes was part of National Lampoon, the magazine, mm. which was very much into shocking stuff and shock humor and all that kind of stuff. He walks the line very well with that, that he, he stays on, you know, slightly, you know, he walks the edge, but he, it's okay. But anyway, we drifted. So I, I was I was looking forward to this. I was a big John Hughes fan already because of, you know, Vacation and Breakfast yeah. Club I'd seen at the time. And a whole, and a whole, you know, just I was very aware of his stuff. And uh, so when we knew this was coming out, I, I remember seeing, do you remember Flicks, the the, the the magazine used to get free at the cinema. Um, no. Okay, like, well, they used to give away a, mag- a free magazine. Okay. And before it was a magazine, it was like a, a newspaper that right. you could pick up in the... in the. Uh, and I remember, it, it might have been the very first issue or something like that. It had a news story about, you know, John Hughes' next movie, Planes, mm-hmm. Trains and Automobiles with John Candy and Steve Martin, because they were two big names. And then appearing in a movie together was big news. And, and and the big story is about he wrote, you know, John Hughes wrote the script for this over a weekend. I mean, like, OK. And so uh, the anticipation for it was 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 big already. It was and, you know, and it was. It, it was also supposedly his first grown up movie because he'd made his name doing teen mm. movies at the time. And it was him breaking it. Although that's kind of gibberish because he'd done he'd wrote a lot of. You know, like vaca- the vacation movies and stuff like that, and yeah. Miss Mom, and a bunch of so he he wrote a lot of films for adults or you know, adult audiences and adult characters, but he he got a reputation because the films he directed were mostly teen movies. Yeah. So it, it, there was a lot of anticipation for it. It was a big thing about oh he's doing a grown up movie everybody. So it came out. We were me and my mates were were geared up for it. We went and saw it. Uh, loved it and I went into it again I saw it twice in the cinema I remember going yeah. back like either you know later that week or the next week which yeah. is pretty rare for me to do that but um but yeah just floored by it and it was just it was an event um and I and I think it stands up and now and now it's become like I say it's become part of my Christmas um lineup of of movies it kind of it, my Christmas lineup starts with Planes, Trains and then loosely finishes with Groundhog Day in February. Although it's a big old gap between. <laughs> it's like an afterword. Because I think I think Groundhog Day is a Christmas movie that's, you know, again, like you know, Mark Kermo said, it's it's Christmas is being played by Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, but it all all the all the tropes of a Christmas movie, all the all the identifiers of a Christmas movie are in there. But um, but yes, yeah, so, so it was it was a huge movie for me. You know, I was a big fan of John Candy already from Splash mm-hmm. um, and uh, Stripes and stuff like that. You know, v- the video generation, we'd, we'd rented all these comedies that were basically too, too old for me to watch. But I watched them anyway. And and, and Steve Martin, I was well aware of from The Jerk and um, all of me and lots of stuff like that so it was it was a big it was an avengers deal it was two yeah. you know batman and superman in <laughs> of in of comedy so it was it was a 
It should have died on its ass, really, with all that anticipation, expectation against it. Yeah. But, but it wasn't. It was. It was terrific. We loved it. It's. It's. I don't know. I just watching it, and I was just enjoying it. And like, and there's some real, there's some real corker lines. I wrote down a couple that really made me laugh. There's one John Candy line that really made me laugh a lot. And I was sat there watching this, thinking, um, and this will make me sound like old or whatever but I sort of do we still get comedies like this yeah, well know? here's here's the thing because I've got a bug it's probably my age yeah but I've got a bugbear about modern comedies I don't like most modern comedies they don't they just don't work for me now whether that's the change in taste or whatever but if it but it feels to me like most comedies now aren't really scripted mm. they're kind of loosely plotted and then they they want you know the cast to kind of Do the improvise rest. yeah but it's all not great improvisation for yeah. me so i mean for the you know i've had loads of people just recommend movies you know anchorman and and, and stuff like that and super bad and mm. all this and i've i've sat stony faced yeah two of things. my favorite comedy films yeah exactly I you've mean... probably recommended them to me <laughs> well, the thing is i mean tangent is that Anchorman took me two or three watches to really enjoy it. Now it is one of my favourites. The second one, no, but the first mm. one I think is hilarious. But it did take me a while to get there. Yeah, uh, I, I, so I, th- I think it's probably just a different school of comedy, and it yeah. just doesn't doesn't work for me. Like I'll, I'll watch a bunch of stuff, and and it's just like the improv's not. I get, I get that they're making shit up. Yeah, I, I, I can yeah. tell that they're making shit up. But it's yeah. like, but you, if you compare like a lot of modern comedies to say um like um hot fuzz or Shaun of the dead where mm-hmm. th- those are crafted those are seriously crafted movies yeah, yeah. Th- those those scripts you know they resonate there's, there's there's references and callbacks and and stuff like that there's themes those there's, there's a reason for everything in there whereas yeah. i find most mod most modern comedies will have like one or two laughs in it Mm-hmm. for me like bridesmaids I, don't hate, I hate bridesmaids yeah. can't stand so that was like oh bridesmaids and I just sat through it just got, got, and I think there was maybe two two laughs in that I didn't um, get through I, it I did uh, I, re-gifted, uh, like, I gifted it to someone I bought it and then I gifted it to someone yeah <laughs> and, a, and a good and a good example is I was going to get to this later on but, but I'll mention it now because we're kind of there there was like a, a sort of remake of Planes Trains with due date the film called due date in 2010 with robert downey jr and zach galaficus or something like that i can't remember how his surname is pronounced galafianakis that's the one so <laughs> but you if you compare the two yeah there's 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 no kind of comparison like you know there's there's i'd love to just go and go this is why this works this is why planes trains works and this is why due date doesn't because it's due date is just taking the surface of what's in planes trains you know like the the shock stuff and the swearing and amping it up and missing all the 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 context and the texture and the and the depth to it and Mm. and the real character and the fact that both john candy and steve martin's characters are annoying but they're both sympathetic and you like them and they uh, and they they're both as bad as each other and they're both as good as each other, and you're kind of and you know they kind of they joust each other where and you, then you watch Jude Day and they're just dicks. 
I've not even seen it. I don't, it's not so, what I need to see either. But. No, I wouldn't. Really. So here's an example, right? In Planes, Trains, there's a scene where they're in the in the hotel room <laughs> and uh, Steve Martin's trying to get to sleep and John Candy's keeping him awake by doing stuff. So he's clearing his sinuses and making lots of gross. Yeah, yeah absolutely gross. For example, you can imagine that because we've all got our things we need to do before bed. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. The equivalent scene in due date is they're trying to sleep in the car and uh, Robert Denny Jr.'s character is trying to sleep. And Zach has has a wank. Of course. That's, that's the, comp- the same. And you go, that's not even... It's amping yeah. up the grossness of it and the shock value, but it makes no sense no, at all. No. Because one, no one in their right mind would have a wank in a car while somebody else is trying <laughs> to sleep next to them. And two, if you were in the car with them and somebody was having a wank, that would be the end of the story. That would be the well, end I'd, of the movie. I'd beat them to death with their own there. shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you would. That would be it. They're done. So yeah. you don't come back from that. So and that's that's the kind of like the equivalent. It's all that kind of amped up, not so shit. But there's no sympathy. You can't justify it. Whereas yeah. with in planes, trains, you can kind of yeah, the stuff that John Candy does is kind of OTT, but it writes the line of mm. tolerable and and not unsympathetic. And you know, I've I always because it's long space between when I watch this film, I always forget the heart that is in this yeah. film. Because it goes to a really quite sad place by the end yeah. of it. And, you oh, don't, it's, and, it's, it's and it surprises it you the, too. Yeah, one of the criticisms, I remember it being criticised for being too sentimental oh, and no. too muckish. And I think that's really, that's what makes the movie. Yes, it's really funny. And, they, you know, I actually wrote down like a timeline yeah. of like, of like the, the, all the scenes that would be like the best scene in any other movie. Yeah. Right. And there's a string of about 10. Um, but it's the, but it's the kind of like the so it's a it's a really funny movie. But what holds it all together and what gives it some weight and heft is is the the kind of like the the emotion to it that the, the, there's something going on under the surface. It's not just a wacky mm. knockabout slapstick fest. There's there's some there's some genuine character underneath there. Um, and and I think yeah, sorry. sorry, go. Oh, no, go on, go on, Carol. Okay, well, uh, apparently the end was cut. I mean, the whole film was cut down a lot. The mm. way John Hughes makes his movies is he writes a really tight script. Then when they film him, he lets people improvise and he rewrites and expands stuff out. And then he cuts it back down again to a really tight script. Mm. So, so the original cut, uh, they were shooting for something like, I, th- I think they said something like 80, kind of been 80 weeks. That would be ridiculous. Um, they, they were they were shooting something for about eighteen weeks. That sounds a bit better, like about about three months, which is quite long for a two-hander comedy. Mm. But they were basically chasing the weather. They were, apparently they were travelling all over America trying to find snow, and then they were getting snowed in. <laughs> and, and, oh, no. So so he, they, were, they were filming for ages and like they were just doing lots of scenes and padding stuff out and then they cut it all back. Apparently the original cut of the movie was something like three hours, 45 minutes. Crikey. And that's not just like an assembly, because most movies run long with yeah. their assembly cut. Because what the assembly cut is, they just take everything that's been shot and bung it all together. And then it's the editor's job to, to cut it down, right? 
Mm-hmm. So when you hear stuff about, oh, the original cut of such and such a film was four hours long. Every cut of every movie is like about four hours long because that's just how they assemble everything they've shot. So, but but no, this was this was the original cut of the film was like three hours, you know, three hours, 45. Uh, and then he, he cut it back and cut it back and cut it back. There was a lot of subplots that were cut out. They let John Candy and Steve Martin, you know, wing it a lot and just go with the flow. For, for example, the, the, the first scene like on the airplane where they, they sat next to each other and John Candy's just talking and talking and talking. That's like a minute and it gets the the point yeah. across that he's a blabber mm-hmm. mate. That scene was actually, the original version of that scene was something like 15 minutes of just John <laughs> Candy winging it and just going on and on and on and on. So obviously, <laughs> but it helps, but he said, but it like it, it helps the actors get it. Yeah. You know, they like you, it gets them into the character. It's all, it's all, you know, it's all fuel for the movie. Even mm. if it gets cut out, it's all doing some good because they get in, they're getting into the, the characters and stuff like that. So, uh, sorry, so, say... so, so towards, towards the right at the end, skim to the end of the movie. Yeah. There was a, there was a much bigger scene right at the end where Steve Martin, uh, uh, you know, goes back for, for John Candy's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they have a heart to heart and it's, it's about a five, 10 minute scene where you get the whole of John Candy's kind of backstory about how his wife died and he kind of, in his grief, he basically just left home and he just travels around the country nonstop and he's essentially homeless and he's mm. just literally a travelling salesman. He never stops. And around about the, you know, the holidays, he tends to, you know, he misses family and he misses those connections and he tends to attach himself to somebody every Christmas. And he said normally he can kind of, you know, he, he realised what's happening on, and he basically takes himself off to church and lives in church over, over the holidays and stuff like that. But it, so it's all all this and it's a much deeper scene where the comedy just disappears and it's just two guys acting, you know, a, a, mm. drama, a drama scene, a dramatic scene, which got, you know, cut out to down, cut down to about three lines of dialogue that serves the serves the film. Well, yeah, it makes it it makes it for a better, cleaner cut, especially for a, yeah. a comedy. And I would say that, you know, tracking the amount of John Hughes movies that I've watched, which is by all accounts a good amount of them. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the majority of his films, they do touch on some heavy material, really. Yeah. Ferris, Ferris Bueller did Sixteen Candles. Um, yeah, it's the for, Breakfast for, Club. For they essentially- all, he he made his name as a wacky guy, as a wacky yeah. writer, you know the, the the National Lampoon stuff. They're not so kind of shock comedies, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he does. He really kind of digs into some hardcore emotional stuff, emotional so, relationship things, and that. And yeah, uh, he has a habit of doing a post credit too, because there's a post credit on this as well. There is. Yeah, I kind of I kind of look at it. I joked about that one because we watched it on a bank holiday Monday and I was like, uh, oh, I'm going to go and have a wheeze then since this is finished. And then as I got off, I was like, haha, what if I miss the post credits? And Rich was like, don't be a dickhead. And then I came back downstairs literally as the credits were finishing and lo and behold, a post credit. So I rubbed that in his face a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went, I've never seen that before. Yeah, he was like, literally, I have no idea that was there. I mean, I don't know if it's worth sitting through all of the, <laughs> well, the credits no, for. But I I think it's interesting because... Like, oh, it made me laugh, but... Cause like made me laugh. It, we kind of knew that, we, we kind of was expecting it. And that was when it was weird for people to sit through the credits. So I remember me and my mates would sit through the, the end 
credits. Just think, particularly with um, John Hughes, he had a bit of a habit of putting post credit scenes in. Although actually, I think there's only like two or three of his movies that actually had them. Well, Ferris Bueller there was, there was has a famous it, one in Ferris Bueller, yeah. yeah. And then Deadpool, obviously, speaking, yeah. which was brilliant. Which was hilarious for me because I saw Deadpool before I saw Ferris Bueller. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw Ferris your Bueller for the first time. Is so screwed. Oh, I'm sure I saw Ferris Bueller for the first time at your house, Jenny. Actually, yeah, uh, you might have done. <laughs> yes, you did. I remember you saying, yes, that was a, that was a premiere for you. That yeah, was. you weren't very happy then, were you? I was not, no. I was like, fuck's sake. Jesus, Jiminy Cricket's oh. face, come on. But here's, a, here's a question for you about one of our stars of this film, Steve Martin. Did he ever look young? Because he always looks old. No, he, he always had the, the white hair. Yeah. You know? he yeah kind of always... But it's interesting that he, he he was the wacky guy. He was the literally the wild and crazy guy. Back but in, you, that was you, his, his shtick. It was very was. off the wall. It, hugely comical, loads of comedies. And then do you remember that massive spate sort of in the 90s when Dennis Pennis, that comedic yeah. guy, said to him, why aren't you funny anymore? And mm. it's been claimed that's what stalled his career for years because that really upset him and affected him badly. Well, he was, I mean, because he did, you can see, it's interesting to plot his career because he starts off as a stand-up. He was a stand-up guy, not an actor. With his banjo. So he, he did, yeah, and he did the, the wacky, really just wacky stuff. And then he made The Jerk, which is a very wild, you know, cartoon yeah. of, a, of a movie. And all that kind of, he was a, he was a physical I've not seen comedian. it either. Yeah, you've not seen the joke. Oh, I haven't. No, not seen it. So yeah, that's probably one that hasn't aged too well. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, so so and then he was doing like you say, and now and he kind of he got he got into being an actor and he was doing more, you know, straight comedies, you know, like mm-hmm. um, Roxanne and stuff like that, you know, and he really in yeah, L.A. Story, which I think is a beautiful movie. But he, in any kind of lost that kind of, you know, that kind of wacky comedy edge. And now he's kind of kind of dry. Like you watch not dry as in boring, but a, a dry. It's a dry comedy. You know, it's, yes. it's wit rather than, you know, yeah. slapstick. Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting watching this right after the latest episode of Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Um, because he, although, yeah, we're talking what. 30 years later it's about 30 and, years yeah, he yeah. don't look 30 years older no. to be fair no he still he basically looks the same yeah um and i mean he co-created only murders in the building as well which yeah. is really cool but yeah it did it did just strike me when I, when we when you start the film it's like god does he ever i mean he hasn't changed an awful much no but, no yeah and i always thought him and um harrison ford and dennis quaid ought to play brothers because I yes. always thought they they look very similar and they've got similar kind of mouths, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I, I always thought they should should have played brothers in a movie. They got but, they've always got that similar look, familial look. Um. So, Stace, as this was your first time watching. Yes. <laughs> and as as we start the film, and he is trying, Steve Martin's character Neil Neil Page, he's trying to get to the airport for his six o'clock flight home for thanksgiving which is madness it's just madness yeah but did you recognize the first cameo not that it probably would have been much of one for that actor at that time i don't think but did you recognize the guy running down the street to get the cab that he was racing against or did it take you a little bit of time 
No, it, it fully immediately. I was like, "Why is Kevin Bacon here?" Yes, because, because in my head, so this is the level of like movie history I have. I don't think I can name you another Steve Martin film that I've seen all the way through. I think the only John Candy film I've seen all the way through is Cool Runnings. And so when he popped up, I was like, "Oh, I could watch." Wait, Trimmers, wait, wait, wait! I? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry, I've not what? seen Uncle Book. No, I haven't. Oh, Uncle Jesus <gasps> Christ! <laughs> All right, we're going to watch Uncle Buck and we're going to watch it for the pod because it is a brilliant film. It's another John Hughes and it's so, so good. And we, we should watch it for the pod. Absolutely. Jeez, help my us, Christ. This is, help this is my so life. <laughs> I, yeah, I, was, I thought you'd seen that. And I was just I was no. just checking. Actually, Kevin Bacon had done Footloose before this. Yeah, he I'm was not the rose. The interesting thing about wow. that cameo is, <laughs> oh can, can I give you some... A, a wee a wee story about that cameo. Please do while I catch my breath over the fact that Stace hasn't seen Footloose either. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all gonna have to get over the fact that Stace hasn't seen dot dot dot. You know? So yeah. um <laughs> the previous John Hughes movie that was filmed was She's Having a Baby, starring Kevin Bacon. Oh. Right? But it wasn't released until the year after because the the, the it was it's 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 weird, but the the crunch on filming they wanted um planes trains out for Thanksgiving, understandably. Yeah, yeah. So they they but he was making um he was just finishing She's Having a Baby when uh Planes Trains got greenlit and they said, Okay, we need this by Thanksgiving. And John Hughes said, Well, I'm not gonna have time to to finish I I, I can't do both at the same time. It's too much of a crunch. So they went. So they went. Okay, we will delay the release of She's Having a Baby, so you can do Planes, Trains, shoot that. We'll release that. Then you can go back and finish editing. Um, she's having a baby, and then we'll release that after. So although, uh, she's so she did. He did. She's having a baby with uh, Kevin Bacon. He had the script. He showed the script of Planes, Trains to Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was a huge fan of it. Thought it was a great script. He said, "You've got to put me in this, even if it's a cameo." I mean, right. okay, we'll put okay. you in. Okay. So, as far as I'm concerned, that's Kevin Bacon's character out of She's Having a Baby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But on top of that, there's a scene later where Steve Martin is talking to his wife on the phone, and she's in bed watching a movie the movie she's watching is she's having a baby which wouldn't <laughs> have come out until after the film was in so people were watching planes trains and seeing a snippet of a movie that hadn't come out yet oh yeah dialogue yeah. from a film that hadn't come out yet which is mind-blowing <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but before kevin bacon there's another kind of cameo which is also a head canon continuity thing for me which is uh, Steve Martin's kind of friend or co co-worker in the meeting right at the start is Ferris Bueller's dad. It is, yeah. And like, I don't think it's supposed to be Ferris Bueller's dad. It's just the the actor. But to, in, as far as I'm concerned, that's literally Ferris Bueller's dad. <laughs> he's, he's sort of like <laughs> playing another together. executive, and uh, although I don't think his dad was a uh, an advertising sales guy. Uh, so I, I, I don't but, know I, it was but I know no, he's, I he's got a different mean. yeah I think yeah, they've got different yeah. names but as far as I don't care as far as I'm concerned that's Ferris Bueller's dad well I mean Ferris Bueller's teacher turns up later as the airport announcer to say that everything's been delayed or cancelled so yeah that's yeah 
Ben, is it Ben Stein? Yeah. yeah. Again, you've got all these these uh, John Hughes players popping up. Eden McClurg pops yeah. up. And she, oh and, my you know, she was god! Interested. I love and she her. was in a lot of other stuff later on. Love her. She's so she's. Oh, I she's mean, brilliant. If Ferris Bueller the pencils in her hair, and then this mm. just on the the desk. She's she's cars. a comedy genius. Yeah. You know, so you, find, you look back and go, oh, she should have been much bigger. She should have. I mean, she had a good solid career as as um, you know, as a character actor and stuff like that. Mm. But you kind of think that she should have been headlining movies. I yeah, think. I think so. She's terrific. So if we if we jump to some scenes, so if we jump to that um hotel motel room that they stay at well well before we get to can i just say yeah uh, we were talking about how lean the script is and and that's right it doesn't funny around at all the film just start you know within two minutes the film started if you know what i mean it's like we get the little thing of him being bored and like within 30 seconds he's going i've got to get a plane i've got to go i've got to get a plane yeah. so it's all set up and like, i think within a minute we're we're running and the whole plane trains automobile things kicks off with the with the the race to catch the cab against kevin bacon and from yeah. there it all kicks off and that's literally within a minute of the film starting there's no preamble whatsoever and then we're introduced to to del griffith within i think two and a half minutes where he he steals his cab that's so lean yeah yeah i mean it doesn't hang around at all it just no it it keeps moving which is great which is great for the viewer because then you're just in it it just you know it's health or leather basically and you're you're on your way and actually the 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 way that it is filmed and edited to connect the two characters without the characters knowing they're being connected until steve martin's uh neil starts piecing it all together like tripping over dale's uh john candy's um Luggage. The, the huge, the huge luggage, huge case, which I think yeah. is brilliant because that's a great prop. Yeah. But it all, it but essentially, it, but it's also essential to the story and to to Dell's backstory. His yes, his entire life is in. His it's entire not just, life is there. A, it's not just a dumb prop to be there for somebody to trip over and for them to lug around. No. That's your clue that he's yeah. living, living on, on the road. The no, okay. So going <laughs> going into that a bit, I know it's like skipping really towards the end of the film, but um. Like my knowledge of this movie was that it's a comedy. Everybody's always told me it's a comedy. I was mm-hmm. gearing up for all of the laughs. I was ill prepared for the emotion that came at me later. Yeah. And I think yeah. it was only because um because I'm sort of almost trained now to like keep an eye out for things that about I mean it wasn't it, it was still very close to the reveal anyway, but I just turned to Rich and I went Something sad's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, he went, what? I went, it's, it's gotten, it's, it, something's weird about, De- he's, he hasn't got a wife, has he? And Rich was like, what do you mean? And I was like, that picture he's carrying around, is she dead? And Rich was like, I'm not fucking going to spoil the movie for you, just watch it. And within about two seconds, I was fucking crying. And yeah. I was like, come on, like, how, why would you do this to me? But like, um, it was only because I think I was sort of on edge and looking out for it that I sort of started to tweak it. It's weird for a man to take a framed picture of his wife just around when he's just doing work. Like that's mm. strange. And so my brain was latching onto that. Like, why would you do that though? Unless, yeah, yeah. oh no. <laughs> like I was ill prepared for that towards the end. But what I did say to Rich, I was quite glad that they 
didn't go into that too much like it was just like here's this really sad thing but don't worry about it because neil's got him so he's got him and it's fine and i'm like oh yeah yeah yeah. It's it's really clever. It's just clever crafting and writing that you can have all this this comedy and you can have some real slapstick moments. I mean, the car setting on fire is just mm. and John Candy in the driving seat when his his sleeves get caught on oh, his car. Oh yeah, the, the set piece. The yeah, car. With the, that's again. That's so one of those clever. things where you could take that scene out and run it as a short. Yeah, and it that, that's a, that's a perfect little comedy short that could have been you know yeah. Lauren yeah. Hardy or Harold Lloyd or something like that. Yeah. You know. A perfect little comedy short about yeah, you know, I could see yeah you know, a Mr. Bean being around that or something, yeah, you know, that kind of Yeah, totally. Thing. Yeah. With him but, yeah, and you you're totally in that I mean there's there's a bit that gets me every time where he gets both sleeves caught yeah. and he starts steer, steering with his thighs. Neat. Yeah. And yeah. he goes something like, oh, Okay, we're okay. And I thought, yeah, I've been in those situations where you kind of kid yourself that you're okay. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. We're doing okay. This, this is, is not a problem. This is fine. It's like that meme of the person drinking a cup of coffee, you know, in a room that's just on fire. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, absolutely. Yeah. But, it, but it's, like, but it's, like, but it, you've, got, you've got a string of these set pieces. Yeah. That, yeah, there's, like you say, you've got from, you know, the, the hotel room in of itself oh, the, original, and just... the original cut of the hotel room that first hotel room ran 45 minutes yeah I mean, <laughs> and again, worth... we, we can't have like <laughs> a, a two-hand comedy like a road movie where they're in a hotel room for the first 45 minutes i mean <laughs> i i wonder if some of those 45 minutes was explaining how all of those towels got all over the floor and steve yeah. martin didn't notice till didn't he got well, out yes, the shower there is there's a there's a there's a, there's, a, there's a whole sequence there's a lot cut from from that yeah. like and you get little hints of it later on like there's a whole story about uh when uh steve martin gets in the shower um john candy's character comes in and does his ablutions you know brushes his teeth and all that which is while he's in the show and he's going "Dell, i'm in here sort of stuff and he just carries on and there's all these extra scenes that you can see in the trailer where he's he's flossing and using up all the floss and he's doing Elvis impersonations in front of the mirror and all this kind of stuff so that explains why he doesn't notice the mess when he gets into shower see I feel like I feel like they should have kept at least a little bit of that in because Mm. and I don't like I fully admit that I can be a bit pedantic with films sometimes and I really should just let some things go but that that one drove me up the wall as a joke because I was like, no, because that either means he went into the bathroom when it was a state and didn't notice. So that's yeah. on him. Yeah. Or Dell came in and did it while he was there and he didn't think to poke his head around and be like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> like all of this exactly. could have been avoided with communication, lads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but, um, another bit that was that was cut from from there. There's, there's a reference about an exploding beer cans about about. Yeah, on the, on the bed. Sleeping, yeah. sleeping in, on the bed in the wet patch. There's a whole big elaborate story there where they, they mention it in the dialogue later, but it was all filmed where um, while Steve Martin's in the shower, um, Dell orders some pizza and this, this teenager turns up. There's a whole elaborate thing about him dropping the pizza on the way there and all this. Make, and, and when he turns up, Dell can't find his wallet. So he goes through Steve Martin's wallet to pay the, um, the pizza boy. Yeah. And he and he stiffs the pizza boy on the tip. And, and the pizza boy is the 
the kid who comes back oh, and is that the guy that robs them? Oh, oh, but that's okay. how he knows they've got wallets full you know wallet full of money right. he comes back and robs them you know so and then you you know and that's you find out all that kind of stuff which is in the dialogue in the next scene where they're having breakfast and they realize all the money's gone there's all that stuff about oh well i saw you going through my wallet and blah 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 that's why he thinks he he nicked it because yeah. that's a bit of a leap but that, it, yeah. that's what that makes a bit more sense yeah, no, so that one that one didn't bother me because if there's only two of you in a room and you haven't got your own money, yeah. then the other guy has, hasn't he? Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, That's I mean, it, it completely, I mean, I didn't realise this until like the umpteen viewing of it. You don't, yeah. you know, these aren't stuff. You you've you've got enough information to to put mm. stuff together, you know. Mm. Mm. But I, I remember seeing bits in the. There's a lot of stuff. If you watch the the original theatrical trailer, you get a little. There's a scene where you see Steve Martin eating the ugliest pizza in the world. And ju- just being a snob about this greasy pizza and all this kind of stuff, but it's 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 weird to see how much stuff was was cut out. And there was a campaign a couple of years back to to for, for it to at least be like a, have a two hour version released, yeah. you, you know, before it was it was trimmed too much, yeah. because there's, there's, they were saying something like there's there's more cutscenes than there is movie that was released. <laughs> I mean, I can quite ima- I could quite imagine it with Steve Martin and John Candy because they're so good and both stand up. Yeah. You can imagine how much they must have riffed yeah. and done uh, that got that got pulled uh, just it, cut away. It's interesting because there's, there's uh, there was I read an interview with um, what's the name of the guy um, Larry Hanlon, who's who, Mr. Heckles, mm-hmm. yeah, who plays the, the he's the cab driver in yeah. uh-huh. Doobie, yeah. the cab driver, and he was saying we shot a ton of footage. With that, we shot each. We spent the whole day shooting that cab scene, where yeah. we did. We, sh- we shot it two or three times as a script, and then for the rest of the day, we just winged it. You know, we caught some great stuff, big old elaborate riffs. There's a whole thing where um, Steve Martin. The, apparently, the inside of the cab is all covered with naked women, photos of naked women, <laughs> and Steve Martin kind of touches one of the pictures, and like the doobie, the driver gets really irate about him touching his women. And stuff like that. There was a whole whole big stuff going on. Yeah. I said we we shot the whole day of all this, and when the film came out, they it was just cut right back to what the script was. <laughs> probably just, for yeah, the better, really. Yeah, yeah. probably for the better. Yeah. But it, it, like I said, that's the way it would, just gets people. Yeah, yeah. You know, doing so. And what what he would do apparently was Steve Martin would take all the the cut footage, transfer it to videotape, and give it to the actors, mm. and go. That's if if you want anything. There's some good stuff in here. If you want to use that for your show reel, go yeah. ahead. It won't be in the movie, but it's yours. Yeah, it's good stuff. Which is really a really generous thing to do. I don't know. I've never heard of any other director doing that. No, it's really good. I mean, it's really good. But if I uh, if I go back to our our two lead characters, yeah, like we've already kind of mentioned that they're both annoying, but they're both sweet. And Dell is very annoying, but he's mm. he's total. Oh. I wrote down, I would have murdered this man by now, Absolutely. by the time it got to Absolutely. them being in bed together and him yes. doing as soon, that snort. As soon as he took his socks off. Yeah, uh, that would have been it for me. Take I, this, socks off. This movie for me was like Stacey's Travel Anxiety, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this had have happened to me, I would have had a mental breakdown, probably straight after the plane, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. soon as I've landed in a different place, I'm like, oh, this is it now, this is where I live, I guess. I, guess I, I, would, I wouldn't have moved from the airport, to be honest. No, no. Which no, is no, to Wichita. No. I, I'm not moving from that airport until I'm back on the plane going back to Chicago. 
No, quite. And although he's annoying, he's a sweet, he's a typical John Candy character. He's like kind of annoying, but he's the sweetest, sweetest guy. He, do, um, he does walk that line. You go, he's annoying, but he's also really likeable. lovely. And he yeah, really likes you know, the stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, he knows what he's doing. Although he's oh, a, yeah. a bumbling idiot, he, 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 he knows what to do. He's such a salesman. That was one of the things that I really liked about his character because it could very easily have come across like almost caricaturishly like stupid, yeah. bumbling nonsense. But then when he's like sort of selling people shower curtain rings as like earrings and stuff mm. to try and like curl together a bit of dosh, I'm yeah. like, actually, like he's got some of his wits about him. Like he's not a full on dickhead. Idiot. Like, no, yeah. no. Like he knows he's, what he's up to. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. You, you can imagine knowing knowing the backstory later kind of stuff. Mm. You can imagine that, you know, for 11 months out of the year, he's probably perfectly fully functional and he knows what he's doing. He's got that's his life. He he, he works really well. It's mm. just when he gets to, you know, the loneliness overtakes him on the holidays and stuff like that. That's when mm. he kind of crumbles. Mm. Mm. You know, I can I could see him being very fully functional during the rest yeah. of the year and you know and, and just existing and living his life he, on the move constantly you know he's good at his job he makes friends everywhere he goes which i thought was a really nice subplot he's that yeah, he, he's not so annoying that he's unlovable everybody likes him he's got yeah. friends in every city they go to. yeah i don't have to spend large amounts of time with him <laughs> no no <laughs> And he, you know, he can get basically a cheap or free bed somewhere at a motel because he's already done their shower rings. Well, that's it. Know? Yeah. And kind of everybody genuinely likes him. Yeah. Whereas it's, it's not, he's not bullshitting or anything like that. Yeah, kind of. They genuinely they're genuinely doing him favours because yeah. they like him. Whereas you know? Neil comes across as a real dickhead. He comes across often. He's, he's a nice guy, obviously, with his family and stuff. He just yeah. wants to get into his family. But. He does come across quite often as a yeah, stuck-up asshole. Yeah, he's a bit of a snob, and he, yeah. he works. He, you know, there's, there's a whole subplot there about class, which is kind of like a rare thing to get in American movies. Yeah, that's, you, that you've got a clash. That was the bit that sort of that sort of got me about him because I'll be honest, I was sort of on his side for a lot of this because I thought this is a man who thought he was going to be at home with his missus and kid for the holidays and he's now in Wichita for some reason with yeah. seemingly a crazy person because because yeah. because Dell is everything about him is weird uh, and eccentric in some way that mm. I personally would find very annoying and to be honest I didn't find Neil's character unlikable even a little bit really he's he seemed very mm. His reactions to everything were very normal for me. It's all justifiable. The bit that sent me when I was like, oh, no, they're, they're both slightly cunty, is when he goes ham on the lady at the rental car place yes. and he says fuck yeah. like 53,000 times. Yeah. Because yeah. I've yeah. worked in customer-facing you know, retail jobs and I've had people speak to me like that. And I tell you what, I'll have a smile plastered on my face while I try and do like a really good job of serving you. But in my head, you are getting murdered 53 different, different ways, ways. Yeah. Yeah. and I mean I'm loving every single second of Same. it Same. you ask Honka and like yeah. when she when she delivers like her sort of bit of like actually go fuck yourself but yeah but super polite <laughs> I was like yes that's for retail people everywhere because <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting because it I yeah I, I'd, not, I'd not seen it from that angle but I get it yeah yeah, it's like, it's like how you treat service people, like yeah. people in service oh, roles. Yeah. 
He's very. Also, I, get, I get where he's going because he's literally had to walk across. Yeah. He's been dumped because you know, you know he's he's not exaggerating when he said I had to walk three miles back. Now, mm. if I had to walk three miles back, I would be ready to to murder somebody yeah. because they just dump you there and it's not there and it's like yeah it's not her it's not her fault she didn't personally put him there. No. But at the same time, you know, She's somebody's going to get company. fucking balled out. You know? Yeah. Mm. But, what, but uh, what, what I love is is what happens following that when he goes outside and he wants to get a bus or whatever. Yeah. And he gets into an argument with that guy who punched the man. I'm like, yes, someone finally punched him. Excellent. <laughs> and then he gets nearly run over by uh, Dell, oh. which turns out, I think, is his rental car that he should have had and didn't get. Yeah. That's how I saw it. But what this is where I really laughed a lot. It was oh, that's, uh, that's the car from uh, Vacation, by the way. It's not yes. the exact car, but no, it's, but it's, it's the same deliberately the same model, though. roughly the same yeah. shape. And, you know. But but I I love Dale's line when he just because got Neil on the floor who's just like uh, been knocked out on his ass, mm-hmm. and I just love John Candy's line where he just says, "What is your problem, you unsensitive asshole?" But okay. it's the way he delivers it, and it made me laugh so much. <laughs> Well, it's, they, the, it's the it's the the helium voice bit that got me after that uh, in the car. but I, I, I just want to point out like the sweary bit before which was kind of infamous and was like the big famous scene at the time that was the big um the showstopper when it was first released i think it's very interesting that there's very little swearing through the rest of the movie yeah yes yeah. it's okay. and they were saying if you cut that scene out we can make it a pg-13 and you'll get a wider audience yeah. Which is different to how movies are made now. Now they'll stick f bombs in oh, to yeah. get it away from a PG thirteen. But I think it's I think talking about like the comedy craft. I think by not having any swearing mm-hmm. up to that point, and then it just goes full on something like thirty odd times or forty times in the space of twenty minutes. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you look on YouTube, Emma Stone has got that memorized, and will will perform that as a party piece. Well, I will look that one up. And if you look that up on YouTube, it's brilliant. She knows she knows her shit. Because I, I, I think it works. And when we were talking about comparing like this to to new comedies, current comedies, I think will have the swearing all the way through. Yeah. And it yes. has no no comedy value at all. It'll yeah. just be f bombs yeah. everywhere. And it and it doesn't yeah. You know, and they can't and they, it's almost like they can't understand why nobody's laughing at the at the dirty words. Because mm. that you know because they they. They're just free floating. They have no impact. Whereas this, it's completely focused. Um, and then there's a little bit of swearing after, but there's still, it's it's all confined to that just one scene, which must be really nice for when it was shown on TV and they just cut that whole. Oh, they just cut out. that whole sec. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's like because you say like there's the the helium voice in the car after after yeah. that because when the when he's like can you help me get him up and he basically the guy who punched uh, Neil out grabs him by the balls and yeah. drags him along the road. Yeah. But I, I love John Candy's following line where he says, I bet you'd like another set of balls and another set of fingers. Oh, yeah. And well, that's, just... yeah, that's slightly later isn't it when they're talking in the car. Yeah. And they're talking about, you know, they're arguing about, oh, well, you don't do anything that's annoying, of course, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he says, well, you know, yeah, it's like you, you play with your balls too much. You, you, uh, uh, kind of, yeah. Do you know what really... I'd like? And you go, Extra pair of testicles and two more hands. hands. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But it's it's funny because I do love the car scene with the <laughs> flicking the cigarette out, which rebounds back onto the back yeah. seat, which causes the fire. And we've talked about the car seat and him 
you know yeah but i, I also well, um, just the just the scene before that where he's just playing along and dancing and singing that's to what you say like to the mess uh, around like the, yeah, the uh, mess around ray charles ray charles is mess around I now i've it. got i've got a bugbear where i i don't like scenes where people just sing in cars because i think it's a cheap gag where you Probably. get like okay. in, in wayne's world and stuff like that and if, if once you're aware of it you'll see it popping up in loads of movies where it's just like, oh, we need to fill up 30 seconds. We'll just have our main characters singing along to something in a car. Like, that's automatically going to be funny. And I, it, it, it bugs me. It's like, it's like a cheap gag. It's like seeing somebody slip over on a banana skin or a, or a custard pie in the face. Just, have you ever seen a person in real life slip on a banana skin, though? Because it's really funny. And well, watching people perform no, well, songs no, in cars I've, is hilarious. I, I heard it. I read a story about a local guy who slipped on a banana skin and died. So it was like, OK. Oh, so, yeah, that yeah. didn't that didn't work. So, oh. um, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I have seen people slip over in the street. And as a person who slipped over in the street and knows how awful it is and painful it is, I can't understand why it's still hilarious. When I you can't see help it. but laugh. Yeah. No, I, can't it, I mean, laugh. I don't want to laugh. I'm a sympathetic person, you know. I'm empathetic, but somebody slips over in the street and it's fucking hilarious and I don't know why. If I tell you what, if you pair had a scene the couple of times I fell over in the ice and had to get somebody to, from work <laughs> oh, to rescue me. I would totally laugh at you. Laugh you would laugh my ass. You, 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 might, you might have laughed to death because I couldn't get up again. I was like a fucking Bambi <laughs> on was... my tiny legs, like fucking skittering around nonsense. One night uh, after rehearsal, I was walking with my mates down to the pub and one of them sort of stumbled a bit and then he recovered and he was fine. And then he sort of stumbled again and stepped off the pavement and he fell over onto his knees. And I laughed so much. I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> it was so funny. Not So I don't like singing along in cars. No. Gags, but I really like this one. I thought this, it worked really well because, you know, John Candy yeah. is a genius and it yeah. works. Like where he's pretending to play the trumpet with his thumb and all that kind of stuff. Brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, and then, it all, and, then, it all and it all and it feeds into the the following scene. The following scene is getting trapped in his seat and then getting yeah. his car on the wrong side of the road. Oh yeah, again uh, now oh. another set piece that would be a showstopper in any other movie. And it's you know and this is and it's just one of many that yeah. whole scene of you know and like I, I love the bit that you know I can't you've got the other car on the other street screaming at him you're going the wrong way you're going the wrong way. Yeah. And John Kenny goes oh how do they know. Where I we don't going. know where we're going. And that Steve, goes, creased yeah, me. That's a good point. How do, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you go, yeah, and you go, come on, work it out, guys. Work it out. <laughs> yeah, that, that joke really tickled me because I um I was thinking, like, as soon as they flagged up that you're going the wrong way, you're just going to be like, ah, and then it'll be fine. But, like, no, they, for, like, for ages, just continue on. Like, yes, all right. Yeah, thank you. Shut up now. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's, it's comedy is thriller. It's the same It's the same techniques as, as building up an action sequence or a horror sequence. Yeah. In that yeah. they just pile it on and pile it on. And then, and then you've got the, you know, the two trucks heading towards them. Yes. And then it just goes to the whole other level where John Candy turns into the devil and you get the flash frame <laughs> from the skeletons. The, the skeletons killed and, and it just, like, I remember it just, it floored me, absolutely floored me. Well, 
like this is one of the things I was saying to Rich is that this film is one of those it's one of those odd ones where everything that happens in it is kind of insane but is played in such a way aside from that car sequence that it seems like it could actually sort of happen like yes a plane could have been diverted from the snow yes a train could have stopped because of an issue like Mm. you know yes the rental car might not have been there like all of this stuff seems like it's weird that it's happening all at once but it's played in a sort of like oh god poor me kind of way oh and we've we've all had those days oh yeah those days you know and i've been on road trips where (laughs) i've actually went i actually went to visit a friend of mine in hospital up north right and a friend of mine god bless her uh, gave me a lift up and we were trekking on you know we went and visit it was all nice and we come back and as you do on these long journeys we'd we'd run out of conversation so we were both just sitting quietly in the car just tooting along and uh, I'm looking at that. We're supposed to be coming south. And we I suddenly realised we, we've come from Preston coming south. And I'm seeing uh, signs saying Manchester, you know, five miles and stuff like that. And I realised we're going the wrong way. We're literally going the wrong way. <laughs> and at, at some point now, I'm not a driver and I don't I don't drive at all. But yeah. I, I know a bit of geography. <laughs> and it's like, at what point do I go? Are you sure we're going the right way? And it turned out my friend was just lost and didn't want to admit it to me. Oh. And when I said, but are we are we going the right way? Because that sign just said Manchester. And she went, did it? And, and, <laughs> and it was like, okay, now we need to thank God I mentioned it because we could have been in Manchester. Oh. But like we I've I've had these, I can relate because I've had these travel. Um, but I think I think when that when that car sequence hits and it does all that mad stuff of like yeah, yeah like him get him getting his uh his little loops on his sleeve stuck on the car and then yeah. you know the other people shouting but then it goes like full whole hog with the skeletons and stuff like that. by oh. the end of that I was absolutely quick because the rest of it is played so like normal ish. That yeah. when that happens, it's, it it hits you so hard because it's so funny and well, stupid. Well, I think that's yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's the strength of it is that it plays it. You know, you go the whole gum up from from genuine emotion and you know later on and and you know you love these people to full on full blown cartoon, just wacky, literally just a cartoon. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and it, and it, I think that's the strength of. Yeah, you know, John John Hughes in particular, and and just generally kind of eighties comedies would do that. There was room for them to do that, mm. uh, and to, and to mess around to that degree. And, um, and I I know it's a setup for what happened after the near fatal car accident and a car setting on fire because of her his mm. cigarette burning. But what always gets me is that Steve Martin's going to go to sleep in the car before all of this happens he's like right i'm going to put my wallet in the glove yeah. box don't let me forget it so it's like why did you even do that just leave <laughs> it in your coat pocket it's fine oh, do you know what i don't i don't think there's anything funnier in this film than just john candy driving around in the husk of this car yeah I, I <laughs> like, like the visual of that is so funny like just when, generally the pair of them when they get pulled over by the policeman the, the policeman's oh, just like yeah. What am I seeing? <laughs> like, do, what, do you what think this car is roadworthy? <laughs> and he goes, "Yes, I do. It, it's not pretty, but it works." But it's, it's, it's on the road. It's, it's getting it's on the road. I just love it that John Candy. He's 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 fully going for it. He's going to see if he can sweet talk this this yeah, car, yeah. this traffic. Do you, 
Do you know how far she got? Well, no, because the uh, <laughs> there it melted, melted. Um, <laughs> quite hard to see. Quite hard to see. Do you think you got enough, you know, gas or whatever? So no. Well, that that that, uh, that melted works. as well. The radio works. I know. Hard to believe, but uh, <laughs> that does work. <laughs> and it's just he's so good. He was so so good. Here, here's here's a, a a question for you. Mm. Because uh, we've skipped ahead a little bit. So they have, you know, they go to the second motel. They've they've had the big falling out over the, the fire, the car yeah. fire. Um, and they, they go to the hotel and uh, Steve Martin managed to buy his way into a hotel room by selling his watch. Um, and they, they, he, he, do, he won't have John Candy with him, he won't have Dell with him. And Dell sort of has to go and sit in the car. Now this for the That's first not a time. Car. <laughs> well, whatever. He's basically goes to sit, sit in the sitting frame. outside, essentially in the snow. Mm, yeah. Now there's a there's a point where where Steve Martin goes back and goes, "Hey, Dell, you know, he takes sympathy for him and, and lets him come back in the hotel room." Mm. It looks to me like, and I'm 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 probably reading too much into this, that John Dell is fully prepared to die that night because he sat down, he's talking to his wife. Oh, hey, that's, you that's were right the impression. and all this kind of stuff. I think so. That's the impression I, that I got, but yeah. it, it, it didn't really like. I dismissed it at first because I was like, "That's fucking silly. What are you talking about? He's got so many friends and so much going on, and sure yeah, stays. Yeah. You're just being maudlin." But then when the when the reveal comes at the end that actually, yeah, his missus is died quite a while ago and he's just sort of meandering through life now, I was like, mm. "Oh yeah, no, he was fully prepared to just he's be like, well, like, I've, had a, to I've had an all right time." Yeah, I, suppose, he, yeah. I, I just thought that he, he, he's fully prepared to just pass at that point, but um. But yeah, I just I just love that that scene. Then after that, in that in that hotel room where they're mm. drinking the, the miniatures and stuff, and that just I I'm assuming a lot of that was ad libbed and stuff because it just feels so genuine. Yeah. Those guys yeah. just you know I I can I can imagine knowing what I know about how it was filmed, I can imagine that went on for about half an hour that scene because <laughs> it, it just seems yeah. there's a lot of genuine affection and laughs and stuff going on there i mean the bit where john candy goes into the bathroom to have a pee or something <laughs> yeah and he just opens the door to laugh, to laugh. The door. <laughs> really thought, we've, we've all I, I thought I, I can relate to that we've done we've all done that where you're just laughing so much you just have yeah. to go i'm still laughing by the way and shut yeah. the door you're yeah. still very funny thank you <laughs> yeah that was you know, just a, I, I love that again it it would have been a coincidence but I love the fact that he does the Jamaican accent and then he, later on he did call runnings, call runnings. yeah it, it just feels like you know yeah. I, that's not clearly not going to be deliberate no no it no. just feel, it feels like a bit of foreshadowing to me it feels like a bit a little bit of uh, fate um, yeah at play there and then I just you know I I, I love those last few scenes when we get towards really the end of the movie where um uh, they get on their last train, I think it is, isn't it? They get on their last train. Yeah. They they say their goodbyes. Well, they, they do. They, yeah, they, they get stopped by the policeman. That's it. Uh, Michael McKean, who we know from um, Clue and Spinal Tap. Uh-huh. Uh, and apparently, again, it's one of those things where he's kind of a, a name. He was you know, he was a known actor at that point. Mm. So for him to be in such a small role was kind of weird. Mm. Except there was a much that was a much bigger piece, and um, what happens is in the deleted footage, <laughs> um, they find out they've gone past Chicago by over a hundred miles 
the cup the, <laughs> he's the next state over he's the cop of the next state over and he he lets he tells them that by the way you if you've gone to chicago you've passed it 100 miles away 100 miles back <laughs> so uh then you also find out that uh so they they get um the, the car gets impounded yeah and in another deleted scene you find out that john candy who who paid for it due to shenanigans he he rented the car with um steve martin's neil i keep calling him steve martin and dell that's not, that's not <laughs> I, I stick to one either the actors or the characters so dell pays for the rents the car with neil's credit card mm-hmm. um but he didn't buy insurance so so neil's in the hole for the whole of that car to pay for that car because it's been destroyed and uh they have an argument and um neil punches dell in the face and gives him a black eye which is why inexplicably dell's got a black eye in the next scene in the next scene in the, <laughs> where where they get the they catch the lift with the the trucker he's That's got a black eye trucker. and he's got yeah. a black eye for the rest of the movie yeah and i'd never noticed Got I didn't notice that at all. Noticed no. it, actually, no. <laughs> and, it's, and it's right there. You, you're saying you it now? I'm like, did it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did we can see it. It's yeah. right there. It's right yeah. in front of your face. You can't miss it. And yeah. you think, I've been watching this film for 30 odd years and I've never noticed he's got a black eye. Oh, and here's, here's an interesting thing. The, the trucker, the guy, the actor who plays the trucker, he's kind of like a well-known um, character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. And he was hired for one day to say one line in one scene and he was play, paid a thousand dollars for that one scene except they they wanted it to be snowy so <laughs> they were they were trying to find some and everywhere they went they were going all over the country shipping this trucker and the actors to do this one scene with this one line of dialogue with snow and it took them something like 52 days to get this this shot so instead of being paid one thousand dollars for one day's work, he got paid fifty two thousand dollars for fifty two <laughs> And he said he went from being stone broke to being able to put a deposit on a house. Oh, amazing. Because of, because of one film. One film. And he said and, and it was down to John Hughes saying, no, that's the guy. I want, you know, they didn't have to ship him around. No, they could have just they said, stay there, we'll get somebody else. Yeah. Um. So and I just I just thought it was a really interesting. So I thought it was a really nice story that you know the the guy. Uh, mm. you know, no, that is it's lovely. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand of John Hughes, he was a lovely guy. Uh, yeah. By all accounts, he's, 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 really, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, of course, that's it. It was the trucker gets them basically. Yeah. Home. But I I love that end scene where you think it's going to be the farewell and everything, and off they separate and go. But no, of course, uh, Neil has dealt join him and his family for thanksgiving knowing now mm. that dale is on his own because his, his wife had, had sadly passed away which yeah. is that gut punch you get yeah um and it's just so sweet when he meets his wife and everything and uh i do get little echoes or little bits of uncle buck when i'm watching yeah. that bit yeah. which says you'll understand when we watch it <laughs> <laughs> but um I, it's just it's a lovely wrap-up uh to the it, whole it, film but one thing I found was it one of the the threads that was deleted from the from the film was a continue was a, a recurring theme about all all the time Neil's phones phones back to talk to his wife to let him know what's going on. She gets more and more suspicious about who this Dell is, 
Right. And she starts to think he's having an affair okay. because it turns out he's his friend in the office got back because he waited for the later flight. That's and he right. Got back yeah, fine, got back before. Like an yeah. hour later or something like that. So it's all like kind of so who's this doubt? And there's like a, a, a thread about, you know, his relationship, you know, Neil's relationship with his wife gets more and more strained as she thinks there's more suspicious stuff coming on. No, I don't like that because no. Um, no. when when Dell turns up and she sees him and she's got tears in her eyes, knowing that that's that subplot, she's relieved because Dell's a guy. But I I wanted to just be happy that he's turned he's up okay. Got home okay. Yeah. 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 I don't like. I, yeah, I don't like the idea that that sort of puts out of like, oh, women be crazy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a very sort of like tropey thing, especially of the sort of like you know eighties. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I mean to yeah. be fair, it makes. I mean, if you look on like the um, actually, if you look on Google and just go, you know, um. Planes, trains, and automobiles route. There's actual map of the route they took, and you know, I didn't realise how far they actually went. Well, oh, I was going to say, way. I I did wonder whether this film would be improved at all by any sort of knowledge of the US geography. Yeah. Because yeah. I have no fucking clue where he started, where he was aiming to get, and where he where he went in between. No. So no, I've got I no, no like idea. for all, for all I know, they could have just been circling the town that he was supposed to be at. Yeah. I hadn't well, got yeah, fucking clue. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because the UK, like I I yeah, I'd say Birmingham to Preston was a long way for me. That, and that's just driving for like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Well, you we know. and the Brits always think that things are long. That's why Americans are always surprised that we take, you know, do so, so much traveling to get to places where they would just jump in their car and be happy to drive for four to yeah. five hours. And we're like, they're, no, they're always wait, gonna no. Have, oh, it's only a two hours drive away. And go, no, yeah. I yeah. don't see people. Oh, yeah. It's, two hours that's why it's hard to, to explain our geography to them that London and Edinburgh aren't just sort of next oh, yeah. to each other. I had a friend who once, like an American friend, who I said I lived in Birmingham, and he was like, "Is that near London?" And I was like, mm, "It's about a two-hour drive." And he went, "Yeah, then." And I was like, "No, no, <laughs> like absolutely not. Like two absolutely hours not, is not no. close. What are you talking yeah. about?" But because um, John Hughes generally, pretty much, nearly set all of his stuff in Chicago. That yeah, was his, yeah, like, yeah. that was his home base for all of his stuff. So yeah, Chicago and, and Shermer, Illinois. Yeah, well, I think Shermer was a fictional town. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Chicago and Shermer generally. That, that was his sort of that was his thing. Yeah. Um, and that's that's real life. He lived there. And what, mm. when he when he got a job for writing for National Lampoons magazine, which was uh, located in New York, he only accepted the job on the condition that he could stay in um, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he did a commute. He used to do the occasional commute, which is what Neil does. He's go from Chicago to London, New York, and back. <laughs> That'd yeah. be quite the commute. And because I mean, the whole film is sort of based around a real incident that happened to him when he he did end up in Wichita, going mm. from New York to Chicago, and and he ended up hooking with a with a hooking up with a really helpful guy who knew all the all the tricks and stuff like that, and mm. he just kind of exaggerated all. But he he did end up taking about five days to get back home. Um, <laughs> But he he was another John Hughes is another one that died really too soon because he died in the early two thousands. Yeah, he was only sort of like fifty eight. Yeah, or something like that. he wasn't wasn't that old at all. And John Candy, I looked it up. I think it was ninety four he died in. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, John John Hughes is early two thousands, and it's just. Well, John um, Hughes was kind of strange because he kind of retired after Uncle Buck. Well, he did. Um, no, he did Curly no, he did Ho- Sue. He did Curly Sue, and he did Home Alone. 
um and then he sort of well he didn't he didn't direct home alone uh chris columbus did home alone he directed yeah. uh curly sue and then curly sue was about 90 89 something like that and then he didn't direct another movie then which is straight i mean he wrote a bunch he wrote he uh, still, yeah, dalmatians he, and and a bunch I mean, of he, other stuff he wrote the screenplay for flubber and yeah uh, but I, I, I get. So I mean, I know, like as a John Hughes fan, that I kind of lost lost him then after Uncle Buck, kind of like the big move you're expecting to follow that with. He yeah. kind of didn't. There was he did. I must say, he did. He seemed to be making a lot. Of, like he did his teen years, and then he did his grown up years, mm. and then he kind of did a period of like kiddie movies, little kid movies. Which is like he wrote all of the. Um, well, he then wrote Beethoven and all of that. Yeah, and all that, that kind of, kind of stuff. where I kind of lost him, and then he just kind of retired, I guess. I yeah. mean, he must he must have made a fortune off. I'd imagine so. I can only think that perhaps he maybe he just found directing was just too much, and he preferred writing mm. screenplays and stories for films. I don't know because he, I mean, he was a very private guy. He didn't do a lot of interviews. He didn't do many interviews stuff. at all. No. Um, so it was it's kind of um, so I don't know it, it's 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 quite I mean it's, it's interesting to to see somebody who just stops their yeah. career kind of go yeah. okay now I'm going to stop and rather having you know the thing where you I mean there's nothing more tragic than seeing you know Hitchcock's last couple of movies or Billy Wilder's last couple of movies which are, which are generally kind of awful and embarrassing mm. to see you and, you and you think yeah they should have retired you know two movies ago or three movies ago um but yeah it's it's kind of interesting that he, he just kind of i guess it he is, just saw, saw his moment and just went yeah i'm done i think it may just be that he just thought you know what i've i've i'm happy with my lot and i've done it but i always yeah. forget and t- until i looked at his imdb and until i get to that time of the year where i re- re-watch it i always forget that he wrote the screenplay for the 94 version of um miracle on 34th street yeah i mean he oh, did a lot of stuff i was going through yeah, you know, the Wikipedia page. I, yeah. you, I didn't realise he wrote 101 Dalmatians. No, I didn't. Uh, well, the, the the remake, I should say, and and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, and I say he did a uh, you know whole whole bunch of stuff. I wouldn't, although you know, you don't. Uh, it doesn't say how much he he wrote the entire script or if they were rewrites or stuff like well, that. Well, and according to IMDb, he wrote under a pseudonym as well. He did yeah. um, Beethoven under Edmund Dantes. Mm. Dante. So. Yeah, but it's um yeah he was just someone whose work I've always admired his comedy and his teen comedy brat pack mm. stuff, um and the and the drama stuff like uh, yeah. some kind of wonderful which oh, that's didn't great. direct but that an amazing movie I thought that yeah. was I watched it again I think during the first lockdown yeah um because that was a huge movie for me as a teenager um. Yeah. And you try not to revisit stuff too much because it's, you know, stuff that mm. resonates with you when you're 18 won't necessarily resonate with you when you're 50, yeah. and su- surprisingly. Um, but no, that's still a great movie, you know, and it's still yeah. it still talked to me. I mean, considering really he was a child of, I guess it would have been the 60s. He would have been a teenager in the 60s, maybe, or I think so, early 70s. Yeah. I, guess, I guess, because you, you'd imagine... A 40-year-old or something writing teenagers in the 80s would have been really kind of... Have you got a dog in there? I you, have, yeah. yeah that's your own ears? No, that's Tyke. He's just woken up, so he's having a good shake and moving about. But I have to say, it was, as a teenager, you know, they, they, I did relate to those characters. I did relate to The Breakfast Club, and I did relate to some kind of wonderful and 
they they did you know they, they genuinely generally did speak to me you know mm. it's just uh, good writing it's just i think so and really he's not good writing at down. Last. he's not he's not writing down these these kids no yeah. in his teenage stuff whether it's 16 candles breakfast club or ferris bueller he's mm. he never talks down he always treats them with respect and their age and yeah. what they're going now, through either 16 candles or pretty in pink i've not seen i've seen one of them and i've not seen the other i think it might be 16 candles i've not seen i don't think i've seen either of them uh, that doesn't surprise me i only i only saw breakfast club for the first time in lockdown i love breakfast club yeah i even got the criterion collection edition of the breakfast club it's yeah. so good i i just i just love oh i can't think of the, the guy's name now the guy who plays the teacher oh um, yes i know who you mean let me find yeah, out for you he's just um, tremendous and just like you know you realize i mean he, he died a few years back and you just realize what a fantastic uh, uh paul actor. gleason paul gleason phenomenal yeah. he's yeah. brilliant in um trading places mm. as as beaks the kind of like the the slimy detective guy yeah. fantastic but uh yeah so he, he does he does write these these characters just really Superb, really well yeah. which is it, i'd say it's interesting that he, he he's got like two um two strings to his bow he does the intense genuine sincere stuff and then he does these really wacky crazy mm. cartoony comedies at the same time it's yeah. unusual yeah you, know, you wouldn't think he'd be able to deal with both ends of the, that kind of spectrum well, but I he, agree. Yeah, I think it does. But I think as we now have drifted over to John Hughes's career and films okay. back again, I reckon yeah. we've probably come to a natural end of discussing planes, trains, and automobiles. Okay. Well, I just so want to show... point out one little thing that's kind yeah. of bugged me for the last few years since I noticed it, okay. and I'm going to throw it right back to scene one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where he's in the office and he checks his watch, and it's something like half past four, if I remember mm-hmm. right. And then he leaves and he does the, you know, he, he races Kevin Bacon and it's daylight, but it yes. shouldn't be because it's half past four on, you know, whatever it is, two days before Thanksgiving. It should be so dark. It should be November. Yeah. yeah. So it should be dark. And it just kind of bugs me now every time I see it. But, and um, you said you and were now pedantic. I've ruined it for you too. <laughs> I don't think you have because I don't think I'll remember that the next time <laughs> I watch it, to be honest. The main thing that I gleaned from that first bit is that. I don't think I ever want to go to New York because it seems exhausting. Yes. Like I, <laughs> I have a hard time in London. Me and New too, York yeah. seems like London on crack. So <laughs> I feel like I'm such a country mouse, and my I was wondering where you were going to say. Just enough, no, I'm not cunt. My, I'm such a country mouse that Norwich is a big enough city for me, and I only like London to for a flying visit. I barely like staying there for yeah. a weekend. Yeah, like, I only, cities I can walk around. So Birmingham's fine by me. Yeah, I, yeah. 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 I, I I like yeah I like living in Birmingham because it has enough going on to keep me entertained, but it's not like chock full of people constantly moving. Exactly. Like, I, like the the thing that bothers me most about London, if is if I have to go there and I don't have a plan. Like if mm. I'm going there specifically for an event and I just go to that event and I go to a pub near that event and then I go back to the hotel. Great. If I'm just wandering around London and everyone's bustling around me. I'll have a panic. <laughs> See, I'm somewhat similar. If I'm going to the theatre, that's fine. I go to uh, get to the hotel, go have dinner near the theatre, go to the theatre. Then I just want to go back to the hotel. 
I don't want to faff about something in image or well, I'm more afraid of it of getting lost I, I had to use the tube on my own the once and I wandered around I kept going down the wrong bit and just going around in circles down there and I was like should I just get on a tube and go somewhere else and try <laughs> try again are um, you thinking like if, of an American werewolf in London at that time too uh no because it was too busy for like I, okay. I guess yeah um right, I feel then. like we've we've really meandered we've drifted, the again. Now. drifted okay. again and I I can't quite believe we've got this far in the episode without you checking in about whether or not I actually liked this film. this is what I was coming to I was coming to I was coming to fi- I got interrupted but I was coming to final thoughts and you know did we like the movie mm-hmm. so let's we're going to go to that now so let's do Stace did you enjoy this film Oh God, I'm frightened. Um, <laughs> I t- I'm 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 going to choose my words really carefully here. Especially with your husband, just saying. Y- yes, <laughs> but not as much as I thought I was gonna. Okay. Uh, I think this movie had been pedestaled a bit for me, mm. and so uh, it wasn't quite as funny as I was expecting. The it wasn't quite as zany as I was expecting. Uh, it was a bit more normal than I'd kind of anticipated, and so it felt a bit flat. But yeah. the bits, the jokes that landed with me, like really fucking tickled me. And like mm. I would happily watch it again. Like if this becomes a regular thing that we do around Thanksgiving, start of Christmas, like absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm glad I've seen it. I'll happily watch it again. But it's like a solid sort of three and a half, four out of five for me. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's good. I mean, okay. you, Lee, you and I, we know we like this film, so we. Yeah, we, we don't but have to I've, got, I've got one but more thing thoughts, for you. On. One yeah, more thing on. for you I found out. Yeah. And you'll like this. Oh, I'll okay. be very annoyed by it. Oh, God. Okay. Jerry Ryan's first role, screen role, yeah. was in this, was in <gasps> Plant Strains. He was on the bus. Yeah. You know, the bus where the couple making out and they're singing yeah, the Flintstones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Ryan was in that scene. But she, she kept laughing, so they cut her out. <laughs> Thing is, knowing Brilliant. what that actress is like and stuff, I can imagine that to be absolutely dead on true, that that's exactly what happened. I have said before that I would be a disaster if I was in a comedy movie because I yeah. don't think I could keep a straight face. And they'd be like, just get her the fuck out of this scene. She's she's ruining it. <laughs> she, and she won't stop laughing. And it's such a difference between a comedy and a horror. You'd think a horror would be really serious on set, but they're like, not at all. They're like joking and laughing because it's so ridiculous what they're doing. Whereas comedy is so serious because obviously they want the beats and the the timing and the jokes to land and get it actions, reactions right and stuff like that. So, yeah, having people laughing all the time, not helpful, not helpful. Have you you heard that they're planning to remake it? They should oh, no. The, originally no. in in 2020, they announced that they were going to remake it with Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Oh no! no now no, after no. the Will Smith Oscar slap, Debacle. I think that's been shelved, and <sighs> now they're talking about remaking it with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. No, thank you. No, thank, yeah, thank you. no thanks. No, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Just don't. Because then it becomes a huge romantic comedy thing as well. And I don't need Not another kind of Adam either. Sandler is wildly unfunny. That's I'm true. I'm sorry. He's fucking no, I thought he was good in Happy Gilmore. And then I've seen, I've not laughed at him again. So. But he annoyed me in Happy Gilmore and Billy Matt. He used that stupid voice. And it's like, yeah, just... I mean, but it was the first thing I'd seen him in. And, I thought, yeah. and then you yeah. realise, oh no, that's his stick. That's, that's all his stick. That's all he does. Yeah. That's all yeah. he's got. You know. Yeah. But anyway, also, why cast Adam Sandler? Now, I mean, yeah. 
what is this the 90s I, well that's the thing isn't it <laughs> he's just churning out like shit movies like that though isn't he that he because he just because he can yeah and i'm like to be fair if i was at that level of fame where people like do you want to be in this and i'd be like how much am i getting paid oh squillions yeah all right i'll do it <laughs> whatever but I yeah was, i just want to be at the level of fame of so michael Caine doing jaws the revenge yeah where he did it just because he needed to pay off some bills or something yeah <laughs> that's, he, he, that's he lit- needed to buy a, a, a pool house or something like I was that like, you want a pool house yeah. and he's like i'll do it for that anyway, anyway do we have back to the film do we have any final thoughts we wish to share about the film no really it's just yeah it's it, it, i think it's that like i mean yeah i watch it every year so it's it's it still feels like a new movie to me it's not like a rediscovered thing it's just like no. a perpetual kind of loop i still uh, you know it, it kind of shocks me how old it is yeah now. yeah yeah oh i did think that was that was one thing like aside from a couple of like oh gay panic kind of yes, jokes it stands yeah. up really yes. well and to be fair as well i can't even pick on the gay panic kind of jokes because they're the kind of jokes that would still kind of land they now because men still are not encouraged to you know show kindness also, to other male also, friends no, so yeah right, and also right. it's not like gay pan- it's like uh, being a complete stranger having yeah. his hand between yeah. your thighs that whole scene that kind of where's your hand between two pillow thing was completely improv and i love and, it um so and like the the, the 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 kiss in his ear bit was scripted that's very funny. and they go no nibble, nibble, nibble is it a bit lower and all this and then the, the two where's your hand between two pillows that was all uh ad-libbed and apparently the cat they had to reshoot it because the cameras were shaking because <laughs> the, the, the cameramen were laughing too much and Brilliant. they had to they had to reshoot it and that, that was a really hard scene to shoot because they kept everybody kept breaking up apparently i love it i love it i mean i'm saying that i don't really have any final thoughts because i enjoy it so much it's one that i return to when i want a good laugh and it's like a comfort movie especially Mm. in in the winter as we get into christmas time and after i do like that i love and love that final freeze frame on john candy's face yeah oh yeah there's there's a similar one spoiler at the end of um uncle buck uncle buck and and they they cut me up every single time yeah yeah he has such a wonderful face he's got the loveliest eyes and that as well it's Mm. uh again it's a real tribute to him to be missed so much still well there we are on that downer on that downer (laughs) but we had a great time watching it still and john candy is just you know he he is just a favorite as is steve martin and uh then i i will personally uh will recommend that people should watch only murders in the building because it's terrific with steve yeah. martin and mark short uh this current season is great um but so what's what's next then jenny so next month is my choice and we're gonna throw it back to 1950 and we are gonna watch sunset boulevard yes absolute classic noir it is a noir really yeah um a glorious swanson starring um Stace, I don't believe you've ever seen it. I have not. I think it I was, hope not, because otherwise... It's, it's <laughs> um, but it was released the same year as All About Eve, which we have watched for the pod. Yeah, it's like, interesting. It yeah. Will be, I think we said at the time of recording All About Eve that I think that Sunset Boulevard is one that I think you will prefer. Yeah. Out I, the hope so. but, we'll I hope so. Because we don't want another episode where Stacey doesn't speak. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think I think a lot of our listeners would disagree with you there. <laughs> well, I I hope that you do enjoy it more than than that one because it's um, not only is it a classic, but it is iconic. Mm. Uh, some of its lines are iconic. So that is going to be our next episode. But yeah. for this episode that was planes, trains, and automobiles. We all enjoyed it on our different levels and different enjoyment times. But for now, this is us wrapping up. So it's a goodbye from me. Thank you for joining us. It is a goodbye from Stacy. Carbit pits. And a goodbye from Lee. Bye-bye. It's Never Seen, and we will see you next month. Hey, everyone. If you'd like to follow Never Seen on the socials, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at neverseen underscore pod. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at angelj5. You can find Stacey on both Twitter and Instagram at Stacey's Parlour. That's Stacey spelt with an E-Y and Parlour with a U-R. And you can find Lee on Twitter at lovelylee underscore G.